Thank you, ladies. Let's turn our Bibles this evening to the book of Acts. We'll be in Acts chapter number 2. We'll read one verse of Scripture in Acts chapter 2, and then we'll take our text from a verse in Acts chapter number 1. And so uh, we'll read from Acts chapter number 2, and then we'll refer back and read from Acts chapter number 1. And uh, tonight's message, I want you to listen very, very uh, closely to me. I believe it's an important message uh, that is going to help us uh, if we want to accomplish that which God wants us to accomplish. I think it's a great thing for us as a church to attempt to uh, have a double portion, uh, to reach more people, to, to double. Uh, and so we can say this is what we'd like to do. It's not just going to happen because we would like to do it. And so I believe tonight is going to be very helpful, and I believe it should be very challenging to us. Uh, we live in a day when, uh, boy, Satan is just advancing. It seems like God's church is retreating. And it's never, it's not, that's not the way it should be. Uh, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And uh, it's the church, by the way, not the Republican Party. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So I want us to read in Acts chapter number 2. And, you know, the Bible is from whence we get our instructions. The Bible is where we get the pattern for the church. And we must always be going back to the Bible to stay focused on what God would have us to do as a church to remind us of what God has commanded us to do as a church, but also to remind us of what God can do through His church. Acts chapter number 2, verse 41. Of course, this is the reference to the day of Pentecost, and in verse number 41, after the message, after God's power fell... After God did a miracle, in verse 41 of Acts 2, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. In the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. I would say that's a good day. It's, it's a good day when one soul comes to Christ. But 3,000 people came to Christ. I, I, know, I, know, we, I know God cannot do Today, what he did back then. Isn't that what you hear? I, I, know, I know God is not. I mean, yes, we believe he's a miracle-working God. He just don't do any. Well, then we know that's not accurate. But sometimes that's the approach we take. Turn back at before. There was Acts 2.41. And that which we rejoice in and we praise God for. There was Acts 1, verse 14. Let's go back to verse number 13, and then we'll read 13 and 14. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. The miracle... We read of in Acts chapter 2 and in verse 41, there were 3,000 souls saved, baptized, added to the fellowship of the church. But before there was that, there was Acts chapter number 1, verse 13 and 14. And before the church will see that again, there's got to be verse 13 and verse 14 of Acts chapter number 1. 
Now tonight, I want to bring a message that I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to try and help us as a church. And the message, I've just given a simple title, Before the Miracle. Make no mistake about it, if we double our attendance, it will have to be said that God did that. Make no mistake about it, if, if we double our attendance, and should I say when we double our attendance by God, we don't have to be said, what a miracle. Say, Pastor, where's everybody going to fit? That's the miracle. Uh, we, we'll just, we're just going to reach people and try, 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 try and help people. We'll let God figure all that out. But it will be a miracle if that takes place. Wouldn't that be a wonderful, wonderful day? I look forward to that day when, and I'm going to tell you what the number is in, 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 in the next few weeks, what we got to do, because I'm going to let it build up before I scare you. But that will be a great day. I, I, I already envision it. When I walk to the pulpit on a Sunday night and say, let me read the attendance from this morning. Before that day comes, we must give attention to what I'm going to bring tonight. And if we're not willing to deal with what we see tonight, we'll not have the miracle that we want to have. Before the miracle, there are some things we must give attention to. Father, I pray that you'll use your word tonight. Father, may we realize the, and sense the urgency of the day we live in. The signs of the times are everywhere. The return of your son could happen at any moment. And Father, I believe time is short for your church to do what it is that you've called us to do. Father, we know as people our life is but a vapor. It is here, it's gone. We have just a, a short amount of time to reach people, a short amount of time to help and to advance your cause. Father, I pray tonight you would help your church. Give me exactly what you'd have me to say I pray that you give us your power tonight, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Tonight's message, I want you to pay very close attention, and tonight's message will reveal why there are no miracles like we read of a Pentecost. We live in a day, we know God is real. We know God still sits on his throne. But where are the miracles that we see? The message tonight will show us what we must do to have a miracle like Pentecost. I enjoy reading of great things that God has done amongst his people in days past. But there's a reason why we don't see very often. Now, I'm not saying we don't see miracles. We, we could all stand here tonight and testify of miracles that God's done in our own lives. We could testify of miracles that God's done in our own homes. But I'm talking about tonight a Pentecost-type miracle where a city is affected, where 3,000 people have come to Christ. We hear all the naysayers and the excuses about why certain things don't work in this day, but I'm going to show us from the Bible why we don't see that today among God's people. I'm also going to show us tonight what we must do if we're going to see God do miracles like we speak of tonight. In Acts chapter number 1, verse 8, a verse you probably are very familiar with, as Jesus is just about to ascend to heaven, he has come to this earth born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, willingly went to the cross of Calvary to pay the sin debt of all mankind. 
gave up the ghost, gave his life for a man three days later, came victoriously out of that tomb with the keys of death and hell. Now he is getting ready to ascend back to the right hand of the Father where he sits today, and he will be there until the Father says, go bring them home. But before he ascends to heaven, he speaks to his disciples in verse number 8, and he says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and under, unto the uttermost part of the earth. He says, After you receive the power, go to the world and be a witness. Tell them what you've seen. What have they seen? They've seen the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, the gospel. Tell the world that there's only one way to heaven and you can be saved. It's through Jesus Christ. In, verse, in chapter 2, in verse number 41, we see them beginning to do that. They start right there in Jerusalem. God empowers. God sends his power. 3,000 come to Christ, trust Christ, are saved, and are added to the church. But in Acts chapter number 1, in verse 13 and 14, we see the key to that miracle taking place from the command of Christ in verse number 8 to the miracle that takes place in chapter 2 and verse 41. We find the church gathered in the upper room. The 3,000 that were added, we read of in Acts 2 verse 41, they were added to this group of about 70 that were in the upper room. You, you can't add to nothing. It had to be added to something. What were those 3,000 people added to? They were added to God's church. This was the church that Christ had called out. This was the local church. It wasn't added to a one-world denomination. It wasn't added to a coexist group. No, it was a church that got God's power, that God, God did a miracle, and then no souls were added to the church. And let me just say, it is still the church that must be reaching people. Mission boards are not going to reach this world. The local church is. Denominations are not going to reach this world. The local church is. This is the Bible. They had to be added to the church. I just happen to believe that with the same God that added 3,000 souls to that group of people can add a few hundred. I believe they can still add a few thousand. Well, maybe not in one day. How about a year? Can he do that? Certainly he can do that. The key to, to, to the miracle was what took place in Acts chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. It was the upper room meeting. Let me just say this. If there was no church, there'd be no Pentecost. I've been telling you, I'm going to teach a series on the church. We live in a world today, we have de-emphasized the church. We have de-emphasized the authority of the local church. We have de-emphasized the fact that God works through his church. You go outside of the church, doesn't mean God's going to necessarily forsake you. It doesn't mean that God's going to necessarily always turn his back on you. But God has established his church and he works through his church. We need to be reminded if we're going to do a great work for God, it's going to take more than just a, just it's going to be in a hobby. It's going to be God's church empowered with a vision to do what Christ commanded us to do. He commanded his church to reach 
the world. Now I want us to notice just four things I want us to see tonight. We see, first of all, so what are these things that we must do in order to see a miracle? And it doesn't matter how you look at it, one reason why we don't see the miracles is because we're not, we're not doing these things. If we would do as God's church, not just us as our local assembly, but churches across the world, and I'm not saying there's none that are doing this, and I believe for the most part we're doing this. This is just a re-emphasis for us tonight. You would see a revival take place. When when Jesus said, we read verse number 8, we say, well, how in the world are we supposed to reach the world? If we did it God's way, the world would be reached. We would be, it would be reached. I, I say, number one, what we must, we, we find, look at the miracle, we, the, the gathering, we see the, the meeting before the miracle, before the miracle, we see number one, a gathering together. In verse number 14, we read of, in verse 13, who was there, and then in verse 14, they all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. They gathered together. It is God's plan, it is scriptural for God's people to gather together. Now, I understand that there are some who cannot be with us tonight, and I trust that they're watching and they're not having fallen asleep on their couch. I trust that they don't have a split screen with the playoffs on one side and me on the other. There are some who are not physically able. I understand that. But I believe if God's people are physically able to assemble, they should assemble. And I'm just going to be very straightforward, and I'm going to be very blunt tonight. I'm assuming that's okay. One of the problems amongst God's people, while we don't see miracles, is God's people are not assembling as they should assemble. I commend you for being in church on Sunday night, but can I say it this way? It's the least we can do. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing the disconnect God's people have of what God commands. It's very clear in the Bible, as it gets closer to Christ's return, the more we should assemble together. And we have a day when churches are canceling services, canceling assemblies. I find when God's people get together with a purpose, God does a work. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved, you need church. I know tonight that figuratively and in many cases, literally, I'm preaching to the choir as the saying goes. You're here, Pastor, we're here. Why in the world are you preaching to us? You, because we need to be reminded you need church. You need to be in the house of God. Well, well, well what, Pastor, I just don't, I don't see the connection. God's people assembled once God gave the command. They assembled together. That's where God began to do his work. That's where they were empowered. And there's a whole, there, there's a series of messages that can be preached just from those two verses. There was, there was forgiveness there. there. There was praying for one another there. Uh, there was encouragement there. That's the purpose of God's church. We get together with a purpose. It is a shame. It is a shame. It is a shame that God's people would assemble at a stadium on Sunday and not assemble in his house on Sunday. If we want the miracle of a Pentecost, if we want the miracle of God adding to the church then we must be willing to do that which should take place before the miracle. God just send people. God send people. God send people. God can send people, but he told you to go get them. 
He tells us how to do it in our own power. There must be an assembly together. It is dangerous for Satan and the forces of hell when God's people get together. And let me add, when they get together around the word of God. It's a, it, 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 it bothers his kingdom. That's why there's, there's always an effort by the adversary to keep God's people from getting together. It, 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 it bothers his people. You need church. We need church. Let me tell you what's going to make a difference in Jacksonville, Florida. When this parking lot stays full. When this building is full. And, and you say, well, Pastor, if it fills up, what are we going to do? We've met outside before. It's nice in August around here. The fact is, we, we, we should assemble. There's got to be a gathering together. We must, it's, it, church is commanded to assemble. Less assembly, the less assembly in our nation has led to spiritual destruction. Well, well, my hobby is conflict with church. I would say get a new hobby. Well, our family's getting together and we have a reunion on Sunday. I almost said get a new family, but you can't do that. <laughs> you know, it's like I preached this morning. Your schedule and your budget tells you where, where God, God is as a priority. Right. We must assemble. Church, we, we've got to meet every time the doors are open. We've got to be in our place. Well, it won't matter if I'm, I'm not here. It will matter if you're not here. It matters for you. Because God will help you. God will send what you need. You need to be encouraged by your brothers and sisters in Christ. They need to be encouraged by you. We need to gather together, not just to check a box on our schedule, but say, God, speak to us. Strengthen us. Empower us. So that when we go out into our, our community this week and we go into our workplace this week, may this world see the Spirit of God in us. May we have the spiritual strength that we need to face the things that we're going to face this week. We need that together. God's people need to get together. If we're going to do, if we're going to see the miracles, we've got to always emphasize, we've got to always fulfill our responsibility to gather together. Number two, I find a continued focus. In verse number 14, they, these all continued with one accord. They continued with the same focus. That word continued in verse 14 speaks of persevering and constant attention. We must have a continued focus on the preaching of the Word of God. We must have a continued focus of that. One of my responsibilities as the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church is to preach the word. Is to preach the word of God. Friend, it's a dangerous thing in the life of a Christian when you get tired of the preaching of the word of God. Well, it's just, it's just too old-fashioned. Man, have you ever read the preaching in the Bible? Like, when you have time tonight, not now, while I'm preaching, read ch chapter number 2 in Peter's message. Most Baptist churches today, the, the, the members would fall in the aisle if, if Peter preached that message. But we must continue in the preaching of the Word of God. We must continue 
in the things that God has put an emphasis on. Uh, I find in Acts chapter number 1, verse 8, Christ was very clear in what the purpose of the church is. It's to reach the world. You're part of the church. Our, our purpose is to reach the, reach the world. We must continue in that. The main, the main business in, in, in their life, and if you continue to study Acts chapter 2, and, and, and after there's 3,000 souls, they continued steadfastly, daily. It became their way of life. They weren't Sunday-only Christians. It was their way of life. You know what this world needs? Everyday Christians. Well, you just obsessed with it. That would be a good thing to be obsessed with the things of God, would it not? They continued that persevering and constant attention. The main business was church business. I, as I mentioned, I read the instructions of, of Jesus in verse number 8, and I read the entire book of Acts, and I cannot find where he's changed his mind. I can't find anywhere. He said, well, in 2023, this expires. No, it's not in there. Just as this, this church was commanded, we are commanded to do the same thing, that continued focus. Let me give a warning to us tonight as a church because I do want us to see the miracles. I don't want to read about the miracles. I want to see the miracles. I want, I want when God is through with us, another generation to know that God still does miracles. But we must be willing to do our part in the miracle. Don't get distracted. Satan is good at what I like to describe as dangling those shiny objects to get us distracted. We, you don't have to get out of church for us. We don't have to all leave church for us to get off of the mission that God has for us. We can get distracted. You need to be careful not to get distracted. Young people, teenagers, children in the, in the service, young adults... Don't let this world distract you from what God's called you to do. Don't let the American dream keep you from the will of God. Well, don't get distracted. Mom and Dad, don't get distracted. Church, let's not get distracted. There was a continued focus on what, what God had commanded. Then number three... We see before the miracle a fervency in prayer. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. There was a fervency. There's a priority. That, that, that fervency is describing in that prayer and supplication, that continued prayer, it's what they did. It's who they were. It was the priority. They didn't squeeze it in if they had a few extra minutes. They prayed and asked God. Let me just be very, very pointed. And by the way, if we're going to get to where we want to go as a church, we've got to be willing to let God make us uncomfortable. They they, their priority was praying for God to do something. Why would they pray like that? I want you to think about something for just a moment. Their, 
going to go try and win the very people who crucified their Savior. The message Peter is going to preach is to the very ones who condemned Jesus to death. Well, in that day, they would have been the other political party. But they knew they had to have God's power in order to see people saved. For them to turn from that which they were holding to for salvation so they could have salvation. It's, it's, we need to pray for God to meet our needs. We, we, we should be praying for God to provide for us. He promises us He will provide for us. We should be praying for one another. When you hear a need that one of us have, we ought to stop and make sure we pray for them, not just in that moment, but through, throughout the day and throughout the week. And we should pray for God to meet the needs of somebody else. We should be praying for God to empower us to reach the lost. It's easy for us to be reminded, God, would you, would you, would you meet my needs today? Why? Because there are needs. We know what we have. We know we need them. God, if you, in many cases, if you don't do it today, I don't know what's going to happen. We're fervent about that. And oh, and many times through the years, God has allowed sickness and disease and things to reach in among us. And we've had to get on our face before God and beg God and say, God, would you do a work in that person's life? Would you, would, would you do a work? Would you heal them? Because we love them. We care about them. And we're consumed with, God, if there, there, there's a deadline on this. And if you don't do something by here... Well, we've interceded. And there's times and we've, as God's people, we've stayed up all night praying for God to intercede. But how often do God's people get together and pray and weep and walk the floors because of the lost people that we work with? The people who live on our street who don't know Christ. To a city that needs the gospel. There's a fervency in prayer. There's, what were they praying for? They were praying for an empowering. Please don't miss this. We need an empowering of the Spirit of God. We, we ought to go. And if you're able to go and tell people, you should go and tell people. When God brings them across your path, you should be willing to tell them. I, mean, I hear testimony all the time of, I can't go out, but when they call my house trying to you know, sell me car insurance, they're getting the gospel. Praise the Lord. We should be willing to be, we should pray for the empowering your personality is not going to convict anybody of their need of salvation. Only the Spirit of God can do that. And that's, by the way, this, 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 this has to be mentioned tonight. That's why you can't live in a way that grieves the Holy Spirit and then, feel the Holy, then, then expect the Holy Spirit to empower. We can't be at odds with the Holy Spirit and then expect Him to empower us. That's why part of prayer is, God, search me. 
empower God's people, the music that we have and the things that we do. If you participate in that ministry, more than talent, you need empowering. More than ability to hit whatever note it is. Is there a Z note? I don't know. Whatever note it is. I know there's not a Z note. Anyway. More than you need to do, be able to do that, you need to, be, you need to have the empowering. You know, your pastor needs empowering. I feel like the Lord's given me a pretty good mind. I don't feel like I'm a complete idiot. But man's logic's only going to get so far. Only God can touch a heart. I would challenge every one of you to pray for your pastor to be empowered by the Spirit of God. Oh, you ought to pray every day, Lord, giving power. You say, oh, that sounds kind of self-serving. It benefits you for your pastor to be filled with the Spirit of God. It's a help for your family. I can't, in my own power, I cannot pastor this church. In his own power, I cannot lead you. I mean, look around. Leading this group's like herding cats. It's not getting done. But it takes supernatural wisdom and supernatural power. What is it that's going to reach into the heart of a man who's lost and on his way to hell? It's the Spirit of God. It's the power of God. An alliterated outline has never saved a soul. An alliterated outline has never impressed upon a heart to give their life to God. An alliterated outline has never challenged somebody to get, get, return back to the, to, to the Father. It's never done, but it's the power of the Spirit of God. That's what we must have. More than talent, more than money, more than popularity, more than ability, we need the empowering of the Holy Spirit of God. That's what this church was praying for. Lord, give us your power. Lord, give us your spirit. Lord, enable us to do great things for you. There is no miracle without this power of the, of the Spirit of God. It might help you some. If you replace criticizing with prayer for empowering. The pastor, he was really off today. Well, did you pray for me? Well, he seemed like he was off. Did you pray for me? And I know many of you do. All I'm saying is we need a renewed emphasis. We need to be reminded it's going to take the power of God. You know, you ought to pray for the other People in the church who work with your children, pray for God to give them Spirit's power. As you serve with the Spirit of God help, we need the empowering. There's a fervency in prayer. That's why we have these prayer meetings. And if you're able to attend, you ought to attend. You ought to be a part. You, can, you certainly should pray every day for God's power on your, on your life and your family and and your pastor in your church, but there must be a fervency in prayer. It's a continuing, it's a focus in prayer and supplication. Why? Because we need the power of God. Then number four, and finally tonight, we find a single mind. In verse 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. With one accord, a single mind, 
a single purpose, a single goal. There's one in cord. That's when the empowering of the Spirit comes. It is God's will for God's people to be on the same page. And I don't think I have to tell you this, but it's good to remind you. And God gives a pastor to the church. You ain't winning a football game with three quarterbacks on the field at the same time. It's important for God's people to be on the same page. There's an empowering of the Spirit with one accord. You know what the the opposite of with one accord is? Discord. That's why the Bible speaks so strongly against the discord sower. I want badly the miracles of God. I want badly God to do a great thing. I want badly God to see bring a revival in our city and our nation. I want badly to see God protect our children and use our children to, to pr- pr- propagate the truth for another generation. I want badly to see souls turn to Christ. If that's going to happen through the Emmanuel Baptist Church, there can be no discord. I just, I just, I just tell you, where, where about this is nothing new tonight. But I, I'm, I'll fight discord. I'll fight false doctrine, but I'll fight discord more than I'll fight false doctrine. I'll fight Hollywood, wicked, vile. You need to watch what comes into your home. Not literally watch, but watch to keep it out out of your home. Well, parents, it might do some of you good to watch what your kids are watching. I'll fight Hollywood. But let me tell you what, I'll fight just as hard. I'll fight discord. And, and, And I'll just say it. It's still a dangerous thing to go against the pastor. Why? Because one mind, one goal... One focus is to reach people with the gospel. Every believer has the responsibility to be of one one accord or one mind. I want you to look at verse number 14 very quickly. And I was going to quit, but I hear the rain. That's a small four-year right there. So look at verse number 14. With the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus... Mary's, Mary was there. You know who else was in that room? Peter was in that room. You know who betrayed Mary's son? Peter did. You know who warmed by the devil's fire? Peter did. You know who in that room was not bitter? Mary. You know who in that room was of one accord with everybody else? Mary. You know who was all on the same page? Mary. And by the way, Peter got right. Aren't you thankful for that? And, and, and Peter was going to be used by God in a great way. See, when God's people are of one accord, that's when God does the miracle. Why is it that we don't have miracles today? Could it be that God's people are distracted and are on the same page? You do not have to agree with every decision that's made. You may not like the color of the carpet. 
You may think Sunday school ought to start at this time instead of that time. You may think we shouldn't have bagels in a Sunday school fellowship, that we ought to have something else. That's perfectly fine. You may think, well, I don't think this should have been fine. But friend, you and I, we need to realize there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture. And that picture is there's lost souls. And the opposite of one accord is discord. And you and I need to be on the same page. And I'm preaching this tonight because I think we are. I think we want, don't we want to double our attendance? Don't we want to reach more people? Don't we want to see God do a work in hearts and lives? Don't we want that? Shouldn't we all be on the same page with that? It's a single mind. A hindrance to, to a miracle is to refuse to be of one mind. The goal is souls. The goal is to reach the world with the gospel. We need to be of one accord in doing so. Well, we read of Pentecost. We read of those 3,000 souls added to the church. Why did that happen? Because before that, there was an upper room meeting of God's church. They assembled. They didn't get away from... And by the way, you say, well, Pastor, I mean, I mean, I mean it, it's, it's the day we live in and the things that took place with COVID and this and that. It has made it harder to meet with people and this and that. And, and, and what, what we're here tonight. We're assembling. We're going to continue to assemble. They met, and they could have been crucified for meeting. Many of that early church were martyred. But they met and they prayed for the power of God. There's a gathering together. There's a continued focus. There's nothing wrong with the softball team. But it should not take time and energy over reaching God's people. And friend, as we make changes, there's, there's, there's new group, for example, there's new music groups being created and there's old ones being put on pause and there's changes being made and I've instructed our staff the number one goal this year is to double our church and if we got to take all of our time and energy out of this and put it into, the, in, in, into just that that's what we're doing so I'm saying that tonight we need to be all of one accord of that that's the, that's the focus that's the goal we need to be on guard that the devil's going to fight that the devil is going to oppose a church that tries to reach people with the gospel. That's why we need to pray. We need to pray for God's protection. We need to pray for God to do a work in our hearts. Friend, it's very, very important that you guard your own heart. It's important for your pastor to guard his heart. Because there's people who would like to turn it. The devil would like to turn it. He'd like to distract us. It would be a tragic thing for God's people to get off track. We must be of a single mind, a single mind in prayer, in fulfilling what God has commanded us to do. Don't you want to see a miracle? America is not, I don't know if you've paid attention lately, but America is not trending in the right direction. There are now, I mean, this is in God we trust. This is one nation under God. And there are nations that are more moral than our nation. 
There are quote-unquote undeveloped pagan nations that would say, you murder your baby? That's barbaric. And it is. Well, we need a miracle. Yes, we do. Where's it going to come? Don't read it. I mean, don't, 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 don't stay up all night thinking about this, but this shouldn't be a shock to you when I say it. Donald Trump's not the miracle. We know Joe Biden's not the miracle. The political party is not the miracle. What's the miracle? The church. It's the church. It's the church. What will turn this nation back to God? The church. That's why you need to be very, very careful of getting on board with what the devil hates. The devil hates the church. And there's a movement that's been in our, been in our country, been amongst quote-unquote church people, Bible believers, to tear down the authority of the church, tear down the authority of the pastor, tear down God's plan. And every time that we don't get on board what God does, the devil just smiles. Because his cause is limited, his cause is hurt. We need God. If we're going to do this for the Lord, it's going to require something of us. As I preached this morning, we're going to have to change some priorities. We're going to have to make sure that we assemble. We get together. We are fervent in prayer so that we can be that witness. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it in our own power. We can't do it in our own logic. We've got to be of one accord. What's the goal this year? It's to double. It's to reach people. It's to reach a family. The goal of all of us should be, can I reach somebody this year? Can I reach somebody with the gospel? Can I get somebody in church with me this year? I think with God's help, we can. With God's focus, we can. Hey, let's make no mistake about it. If we're going to do this, we've all got to sacrifice something. Why are we doing it? Sometimes I'm like, I don't know why we're doing it. It just happened and we're doing it. The point I'm making is there's things that in the grand scheme of things, they don't matter as much as a, as a, as a, as a, as a Christian getting upset at a Christian, as God's cause getting hindered. We must be of one in mind. Now, tonight as we close... You ask yourself, what part does God want me to have? What do I need to do? We we all have something that we can do. We can all be a part. Maybe it's as simple as I'm going to make sure with God as my helper, if I'm physically able to be in the house of God, I'm going to be there every time it's open. With God as my helper, if I'm physically able for every prayer meeting, for every activity, for every function, I'm going to be assembled with God's people. I'm going to be fervent in prayer. I'm going to guard. I'm going to guard against my own heart, against my own feelings so that we can be of one accord so that we can accomplish what God would have us to accomplish. Friend, however the the Lord leads you tonight, let's do business with him. Father, I pray that we'd be able to 